Okay, so for real, this is hopefully the right one and not Drag Race Holland. Yes. Oh, what was that? What are we doing? Go on, go on, go on. It sounds like something you find in your penis. Oh, God. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> welcome back to Eat This Hot Show. It's only been three years, almost exactly, since our last grunt program. It's Eat This Hot Show, so we call it a program. Uh, Wanda Wisdom has been surgically replaced by one Deborah Wilkerson. I don't know how that one, how that happened, but uh, welcome, Deborah. Oh, thank you so much. I think this is the second time I've been on this show, so it's very nice to be back, honey. You were on this show before? I didn't know that. Yeah, a long time ago. You had me and Wanda on it. You invited me on it a long time ago. And little did you know then you would actually be um, murdering her and taking her place. Yeah, I murdered her, chopped her, put her in the closet. She remodeled it. And on my other uh, elbow, we have the incredible... Uh, Dr. Jill Biden. I mean, Dr. Reagan Fox. Welcome oh, is that back. stuff crazy that they're taking her to task for? Right. Because she's what some Wall Street Journal article said she was not a doctor or something. I, I kind yeah. Of and now Tucker Carlson has latched on to it. And, and he uses the finger quotes thing whenever he says Dr. Jill Biden. Ugh. Is that the, all they can do? Is that the best they can do right now? Yeah. Well, he's a scientist, though, because he's always discussing things about COVID, and he's got a bow tie, so, yeah, trust him. Wow. I don't even watch that show. Should I be watching it? How do you guys know? I mean, ladies. How do you ladies know what's going on on that show? From clips? The View, David Pakman, YouTube. Uh I just know it from going through Yahoo. At the end of my night, I always go to news.google.com, and I just scan the stories. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I do too, but I must be not paying attention in the same. I think it's the social media algorithms that's giving me different stuff then. Because I probably at some point said, don't show me that. Don't show me that. I don't want to see that. Understandable. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. That works too. That works too. Such a great show. Um, By the way, I just noticed. So we were when that wonderful intro where Debbie stole Wanda's, uh, you know, body snatched her. Uh, this this warning this thing came up on my zoom and it said click here for professional audio settings so i pressed it and there's this new option that says show in meeting option to enable original sound from microphone and what that does is that Uh takes away all of the automatic noise suppression and stuff 
So I didn't do that. That's okay, right? Because I kind of yeah. like the noise suppression, right? Because I'm a yeah. OCD a little bit. You have yeah, mesothelioma. I do. I have Levels it's misophonia. It's not mesothelioma, Reagan, is a dangerous cancer that murders people on infomercials, and I really don't appreciate it. Oh, that. sorry. That must have been wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> I messed up the disease. Misophonia is the uh, is is that real though? Is that a real thing? It is, and it's genetic because yeah, I did twenty three and me at the start of lockdown, yeah. and I I have that problem as well. You I do? I'm sensitive to but, sounds. Mm-hmm. But is it the is that what's killing the people? Is the mesothelioma, or is it just diabetes and heart problems? Wear a mask, Debbie. Just okay. wear a mask. Just making sure. <laughs> no, it's funny because my sister did the twenty three and Me, and then she showed me her big report, and she said no to misophonia, and I'm like, wait a second, I can't stand mouth sounds. I go crazy at the dinner table. I just assumed you are the same way. She said no, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me, oh and I'm very God. OCD about a lot of things. It just wrecks me. It absolutely it gives you a lot me. of very odd information. So, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it doesn't tell you if you're more genetically predisposed to spit or swallow, because some of the stuff that it tells you, you just go, what? Like, one of them is, are you more likely to blush when drinking? Right. But I mean... How do you know they're just not BSing this? I mean, is well, there- a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I have to say is pretty on target with me, and it's obscure stuff that I, I read it and I went, oh, "Holy cow!" The one thing that surprised me about my genetic report is that it said that I was not genetically predisposed to Alzheimer's disease, Lucky. which surprised me because my father died from Alzheimer's disease. My grand, my paternal grandfather died from it, and my uh, grandmother is senile. So, knock on wood that that part's right. Your grandmother is senile? She's still alive? Yeah. I mean, she will not go. How old she is she? Will not. There was one, uh, a thousand. She's like older than Yoda. Mm. There was one point where she, they thought she was going to die because she had a urinary tract infection or something. And she basically stays in her bed at the home all day. Mm. And so my, I don't have a good relationship with her. My mom called me and she's like, granny is dying. She's going to die. She's probably not going to make it through the weekend. And then my mother said, will you write the, what do you call it? When somebody, Yulchi. obituary, no uh, obituary, obituary for her. And I was like, mom, I couldn't say no, because I told her that I wasn't going to fly into Texas for the funeral. And cause I just can't deal with seeing my brother. But, um, so I'm like trying to write this obituary. And then I, give it to her when I'm done with it. And she's like, no, this isn't going to work. And this isn't going to work. I'm like, why? I don't, we didn't get along. <laughs> why would you want me to write her obituary? Cause you're the writer. You're, yeah. you're a doctor. You're Raven good with words. You're a doctor. You are a published author. Do you know, I'm the only member of my immediate family who hasn't, who hasn't published a book. The really? only one. What would your book be? Uh, I don't know. Eating out colon uh, the things, Mad uh, Weinstein story. Things that make me angry. You know, I've posted a million potential book total uh, t- titles on Twitter, and right now I can't think of a single one of them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's stage fright. It's kind of like those drag queen names. There's a lot of them, but I can't think of any of them right now. Probably because mm-hmm. I'm not a drag queen. I'm just a lesbian. Mom would probably be garbage person. Garbage person. <laughs> 
the story and like maybe have like a, a drunk up Liza Minnelli that's really bloated play me mm. in the movie. I think that'd be well done. Liza's amazing. I love Liza. So, ladies, what are we going to talk about? We it's been a long time. I don't know. Do we want? We have a new show that's coming up, which we are going to discuss at some point, right? Are we going to do that later? We want to do that now. Let's do it at the end of the show. At the end of the show. Okay. So how about we just go straight into some hot topics? I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the news. So do any of you, do either of you ladies want to kick us off with maybe a topic that's got your panties all bunched up or something you want to talk about or I don't know, just, uh, yeah, what's going well, on? Well, you know, I am very curious something I would like y'all's input on is how do you think the deaths of COVID will be remembered? You know, through, through history. Hilarious. <laughs> well, what exactly do you thinking, mean? Well, because last night I was thinking, I was reading, you know, Reddit like one does. And a lot of people were discussing it, saying how crazy this is to live. 300,000 people are dead. You know, it's a nine 11 every day now. And then I started to think back to like Ronald Reagan's response to AIDS and how nobody really talks about it today. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, will it just be glossed over in the, you know, in the pages of history or will it, will this live with us forever? So I'm it's, just curious it's what you're saying. Because from the last pandemic or the last flu pandemic, you have to be careful because people get upset if you don't recognize AIDS as a pandemic, which it is. But the flu pandemic of 1918, they, people didn't talk about it, you know, cause like I was asking some people, I can't remember who it was some people that were, you know, aware of that. They said people just like people who were alive then, like my parents, parents, they just didn't talk about it. It was like, it was such this, it was a huge thing when you think about what happened in history that this killed millions of people, but people didn't talk about it. It's kind of weird too. Cause like my family, uh, many of them were the only people, well, like my grandmother was the only person who survived the Holocaust. But they didn't, that generation, they didn't, sometimes you don't really talk about tragedies because it's so fucking horrific. So well, I really When don't you know. say that they didn't talk about it, do you mean that they didn't talk about it while it was happening or no, no, didn't no, talk like about it after? Afterwards. Afterwards. Okay. I have no idea if they talked about it, what was happening, but. They did. I, I, yeah. In fact, a lot of the rhetoric mm -hmm. now is precisely what happened then. There was a whole anti masking mm -hmm. movement in, yeah. um, during the 1918 pandemic and. We just don't learn from history. Yeah, I, oh, I don't Is know. Is it really it's, just wanting to, from their mm -hmm. perspective, most likely they just want to escape it and get through it. They don't want to go back to the start of the video game. They don't mm -hmm. want to discuss it. You know, it's over with. I mean, I can understand that, but past the people that actually live through it, do you feel like- I think what, what will come, I mean, I think- what will be remembered is why we let it, how did it get so bad? In the same way people ask, how could the Holocaust happen? This is a totally different thing, but how could we have had so many more deaths than other countries? Like how could they have gotten rid of it totally in some countries like New Zealand? And then we've had, um, what, 300,000 deaths is it? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Millions of infections. It's India's had like 150,000 deaths. I mean, just the way we've handled it has been so horrible and i think that's what's really gonna go go down in history as the big talking point in my opinion and also well, on the other side will. the other side would be how did we get a vaccine so quickly which is also really interesting what you don't think uh, so reagan yeah i i don't think it will I, there's a difference between well superficially 
So there's a difference between somebody like Hitler and the Nazis going out and people or, or terrorists hijacking planes and flying them into towers because mm-hmm. we think of that as active. We think of that as willful. And we could rightfully make an argument that people choosing not to wear a mask or somebody like Trump who is being so willfully ignorant uh, about his approach to coronavirus. And we could look at that as being willful, right? But uh, history, I don't think that people are going to quite understand the significance of Trump's inaction. It will go down very much in the same way as President Reagan waiting seven years into the AIDS pandemic to ever utter HIV or AIDS in a public speech. Trump will go down as one of the worst presidents in U.S. history. I have no doubt about that. And that may be a footnote as to the rationale for why he is so awful. Right. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I, I think, though, see, to for me, I what what I think about a lot about COVID and Trump's legacy is, I mean, clearly, like personally, I blame him a lot. I don't. I think a lot of these deaths could been could have been prevented. I think the response was so horrible by him. He just ignored it on so many waves, levels. We've talked. We could talk about it for a long time. But at the same time, do we give him credit for signing off on Operation Was it Lightspeed or whatever and getting a vaccine so quickly? I mean, warp that speed. really warp speed. That is a huge accomplishment. And he was, you know, he was at the helm for this horrible coronavirus response. So if we're going to bl- give him the blame for that, do we not have to give him some credit for the no. vaccine as well? Mm-mm. That's like Why me not? saying next year is going to be the best year ever for movies. It's going to be the best year. I'm actually going to say it's Operation Best Movies Ever. Yeah, but you're like, not the president. No, I'm just saying. But you're of not the president of Sony Pictures or whatever, you know. No, but I'm I'm just saying he's only. Of course, the whole okay. We're dealing with a global thing here. Mm-hmm. All these companies are doing the best. I mean, the, all the focus was on COVID mm-hmm. and in figuring out a way to cure it. And then he just says the obvious that which any president would do: do everything you can to you know do this. Here's federal funding. And they do it, and then, oh, I, I cured it. I made the vaccine. Like, no, I don't think he gets credit for it. I agree with Debbie. I, the medicinal advances, the pharmaceutical advances that allowed us to create the fastest vaccine, which, by the way, I read yesterday that a Black woman from the United States is responsible for one of the vaccines, yeah. which I think is fucking awesome. Um, and something that should be reported more, yeah. especially given how... This Kizzy pandemic has like decimated the black community yeah. in the United States. Yeah. Well, well, but, look at the first one. It was created by um, immigrants, you know. So, you know, look at that. But remember, oh, which also one? the racist immigrants, or, or sorry, the rapist <laughs> or the murderers. But remember, a huge, um, I, a huge part of the success of this, va- of this vaccine is because as soon as China sequenced it, they released it in the public domain, and that was huge. That was a huge totally. that was a huge gift of them and I honestly yeah. don't know if that happened in America by some drug company. Do you do you think they no. would have given that sequence away? No. Yeah. no. Anyway, so Reagan, do you have a, a hot topic? I do. I want to talk about preemptive pardons, which was more Ooh. of a topic a few weeks ago. It's hit the back burner. I, I don't know if you heard today, but we have just suffered the most significant cyber attack against our government. Uh-huh. 
that was done by the Russians, and that happened today. And well, our know, president they know was, it was completely. The Russians? Sorry, they know it was the Russians. I didn't know that. They, yeah, they know it was the Russians. Mm-hmm. Our president is, of course, missing in action. One of the things that they've been saying on CNN, which I find to be really an insufferable news station at this point, is that. Uh, but I, but I agree with this that Trump is fighting so hard emotionally to cling on to an office that he lost, but he doesn't want to actually do the job that he's fighting to keep. It, it's right. he's, he's all he's into the figurehead aspect, but that's a divergence. He's into the title. Same thing with, with the with the vaccine warp speed. It's all about a title. It doesn't right. matter anything. No, else. Not the labor, <laughs> not the yeah. not the ethical commitments no. to to squelching the virus. But okay. at any yeah, rate, Dr. Jill Biden can't have her title. You see what's so exactly hilarious about that? <laughs> exactly. And, right. and it's only a matter like suddenly now that it's a woman who is first lady. And I think she's going to be the first first lady to have a job to be employed outside of the white house. And so you want to attack her credentials. They were even, they were even combing over her dissertation, looking at grammatical errors and math mistakes. It's absurd. What do you mean? She's the first to be employed outside the white house. What do you mean? She's so uh, every first lady prior Mm -hmm. to Joe Biden, has given up their job or they worked full-time as first lady. So inside the white house, which is, which is work, obviously. I mean, you look at somebody like Hillary Clinton, love her or hate her. She was the first first lady to have an office in the West wing. Uh, she, She was very active. She did a lot to try to lobby for healthcare, which obviously wasn't successful. Champ, Wasn't it champ? Chip. Chip. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't chip. that um, one of the things? You said chip. What's chip? For the kids, healthcare for children. Yeah. Oh, oh. Do uh, you remember I didn't that? Know that? Yeah. yeah no. I think so. That was like one of the things they finally signed off of. Mm-hmm. Remember, they, they wanted to do, didn't they want to do like a public option even back in the 90s, right? And then they finally agreed. That was huge. Actually, I was on iChip yeah. for a while before we had Obamacare, even though I'm not, children, I'm not a child. It also created some... Uh, some plans for people who can't get insured before. Yeah, the Children's Health Insurance Program, CHIP. Yeah. Yeah. What year was it created? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Let's see. 90. (laughs) Well, right now it's telling me to all my reader, to all readers, please scroll past and donate select amount for Wikipedia. Uh, Donate for what? 97, okay. I think think that's what it's saying. Um, So. Oh, yes. So so the preemptive pardon, sorry. I... My it's fault. just my Go ahead. fucked up mind stream of consciousness. I have to. You ask for one topic. I'm like, here are well, five I topics I before I get to the one. That was my so, fault for asking what she was, what you meant by employed or whatever. So don't worry about it. Just keep it rolling, Mary. Big wheel. Keep preemptive on pardons. So there is concern now that Trump is going to try to preemptively pardon himself and his family members, so that any criminal activity that he engaged in prior to leaving the office, he would not be tried for. And I did a little bit of research into this, and it turns out that Washington, only a few presidents have done it. There, there is precedent for doing it. 
uh, Washington, but none of them did it for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Just FYI. Um, Washington did it for people who staged the Whiskey Rebellion, yeah. which was a response to a whiskey tax. Jimmy Carter did it for draft dodgers uh-huh. for the Vietnam War, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, in a way, it How happened with Nixon because Ford did it for Nixon. But this uh-huh. is um, a president trying to protect himself, his kids, his lawyer. Rudy Giuliani, which is completely unprecedented. But something that I find fascinating is that if you pardon, you are implicitly admitting to a crime. And I don't know if that means that you have to be explicit about the crimes that you are pardoning. Uh-huh. But so what do y'all think? Nobody knows of this for the blanket pardon. Correct. Well, doesn't I mean, that's what so I, it doesn't I, I read somewhere. You never know if it's real or legit or not that a pardon is a when you agree to be. It's not just you don't just get pardoned and that's it. It's a two way thing. You get part you get pardoned and then you accept the pardon. And by accepting the pardon, it's an admission of guilt. Yes. And you're waving uh-huh. your um. what is it? Your um. you know, if you say if you get dip, he gets uh, deposition in like New York, he mm-hmm. can't uh, claim his um, his fifth his Fifth Amendment, right? Yeah, play the fifth. He can't do that anymore. But I mean, all this is just federal charges. So I mean, right. I don't. Well, there's the the issue too, where like some big shot, I can't remember who it was, but like somebody who I I wish I could remember, but it was somebody who seemed like credible to me, but they really had a valid, this sounds crazy to me, but they were suggesting that Trump will likely resign before the end of his presidency so that Trump, so that Pence can pardon him. Uh, I don't know if that will happen. And the reason why I think it might not is because then Pence basically shoots himself in the foot for running for president in the future. And I, I believe he has those aspirations. I did not realize what Debbie said is true, but I just looked it up. And sure enough, federal pardons issued by the president apply only to federal law. They do not apply to civil state or local offenses. So these lawsuits that are being brought up against him in California, New York, are still legit. He can still be taken down. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then if he admits to guilt. So the problem mm-hmm. is nobody knows what a blanket pardon. That's really murky. And we won't know until it gets tested. So he can go out and say, I, and this is interesting if you think about it. I hereby, Donald J. Trump, uh, I don't know, he sounds like Nixon, pardon myself from all current crimes and future crimes. And we're not going to know until this gets tested. I thought you in can't court. pardon yourself. That's why he has to do it. No. Pence, then why would why would any why would anyone suggest that Pence would 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 do because that? Because of the optics. Optics. Since when does Pence Trump doesn't care about optics? He no, no, no. That's why he'll pardon himself. But but right. see, think about it. Pence is nothing without Trump. Right. Trump can do these things in Trump's bubble. We've if you look through everything that's gone on, everybody that's tried to emulate Trump. Okay, look at that guy in Alabama yeah. that you know lost to um oh, what's his name um. Uh, the the pedo guy, you know, he tried to emulate Trump and he tried to out Trump Trump with his <laughs> his grabbing by guy. the puss and all that stuff, and it didn't work out for him. Okay, but so it's not going to work for Pence. Okay, so why Reagan? Did you say that it would hurt his chances as for Pence to be president? Why? Why is that? Well, because 
he's Pence is not an idiot, and Pence realizes that the expiration date on Trump is coming up. I, it's gonna remember what happened after George Bush left office. And nobody wanted anything to fucking do with him. They were all like, stay away. Stay. All these people who are avid uh, Bush supporters right. suddenly pretended like they weren't. And it's going to be even worse with Trump. That's what I predict. So if, if Pence takes, it, it takes the office of president for just a week or something to pardon Trump, that yeah. is going to be forever ever a part of his legacy it will be brought up in every single debate if he tries to run for president it will be used as ammunition he's basically he would have to fall on his sword and sacrifice his future in politics to do that and i just don't think he's going to do that well look at gerald uh gerald ford right that's the only thing he's known for for pardoning uh, nixon huh and falling well, yeah, but you, but think about it like that reputation just yeah. for, from that, you know, and they said it, it um, stained the nation at the time. Right. When he did it. Well, so, I thought I mean, you were I thought, Reagan, what you might be getting at is something to, I thought there was that meant that if he's if he if Pence were to take the, the throne, that that would somehow <laughs> count as one term. Like if let's say he takes the, the, the oath, he becomes president for like four days until Biden takes over. Would that count as one term? And that means he can only have a four-year term and that's it. I oh, thought you were, that's interesting. I thought that's what you're getting, which I'd never even thought of. Oh, that's I, very interesting. I don't know, but I don't think that's the case. I think that if you, I, I don't think it would count as a term. I don't know. I think, I think so. Yeah. So this isn't my topic, but I want to just, as an aside, because I do have a topic, but you were talking about trump and like i think a lot of this goes to this i always wonder like is he just an idiot or what and i came to the conclusion today that yes he's an idiot and here's why so cheryl was texting me this article about how some somebody guessed trump's password and it was maga 2020 and then i realized (laughs) it wasn't that this and i said oh cheryl that's an old story this already happened i realized it wasn't an old story this happened twice so he it was MAGA 2020. Somebody guessed his password. Some researcher, he changed it. He changed it to MAGA 2020 exclamation point. And then a Dutch person guessed it again. And this is, th- that's just, stu- he's an idiot, right? Yes, I mean, but this right? is not the actual 45. This is his actual personal account, correct? I it's, I thought it was his Twitter account. Well, POTUS. Well, I don't okay. know which oh, one. I don't care. Oh, okay, it doesn't okay, matter. Okay. He's still an idiot, right? Can, yeah. Do we agree that he's just an idiot? It's like this is. It's like Chauncey Gardner and being. Well, there. he's he's your he's your granddad, honey. I mean, is this? No, I think we've mine. all. Oh, well, I've had these conversations with family members. Mary, you can't use blah 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 one two three for everything. Yeah, but you he's know, the president. They, don't you expect more than your granddad from the president? Okay, my last job that I had, which I'm not going to discuss, you know, in detail, but let me just say that the the big shot of the company was yeah. using the same password for everything, for all the marketing websites and everything. What, what is it? Uh, what was it? I'm not going to say. <laughs> you know, my mother said to me, because I talked to my mother, because she does a lot of dumb shit, like whenever she wants to send me a video, like she sent me a video today of Trump being, it was a cute video of he's being wheeled out of the White House while he's speaking. <laughs> But she sends me the whole fucking video in an email, does it every time. 
all my old relatives do this. Why can't you just send a link? And it was like from some website. She could say, and I talked to my, I'm like, mom, why do you do this dumb shit? She's like, you know, I don't really do this stuff right, but I should not be president. I wouldn't want somebody like me to be president, but that's what we have. And I think he's just an idiot, you know? Well, somebody can be stupid in some ways, but brilliant in other ways. Ah. And well, he's brilliant in his manipulation of the media. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Uh, his savvy. And unfortunately we've come to a point in our culture where that's all you need in order to be president of the United States. Or maybe the dignity of the office has been completely ruined. I mean, maybe he's not Uh, an idiot, but it's hard for me to think that when you, he just, well, when you're hopped up on Adderall, can you blame his mind for scattering and not, you know, he only probably, I don't think he's hopped up on Adderall. I don't like when people call these kind of things. Wait a minute. There was, Google this, Google this. I'm not Googling Somebody took a photo of him. And they had a drawer open, and it was filled with Sudafed, Mary. Yes, he Sudafed is. Sudafed is not wears. Adderall. It's the same. No, it isn't, thing. Deborah. It's not. Oh, See, yes, those are the kind not. of things that just, it, it's like you have a president who's so horrible, who has so much that he's done, so much awful stuff with concrete facts behind it, that I just don't understand why you need to say stuff that just has no factual basis behind it. He is on Sudafed. That's true. That's not Adderall. Oh, I'm sure, honey, he's taking it. I agree. I agree with Madge here. So what? Who cares? There are bigger fish to fry when it comes to his barbecue. And I, I, it's kind of like the Clinton stuff. I don't care if Clinton's getting blown in the White House or in his office at the Capitol. Who fucking cares? Like, go after things of substance. Right. If he wants to take Adderall, go at it. Well, but when you're the president, you're making really decisions that affect the world i do think you Look, know you should he be takes on a lot of cold of, medicine of, I, i've read books about the guy drugs. he his brother died of alcoholism he's never had a drink in his life i believe that he's not into drugs either i believe that has he done coke maybe but yeah is he addicted to cold medicine maybe <laughs> so, that's so are you basically different. saying i mean is cocaine really a drug <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's addicted well, to buffets i know I, that I mean, i've seen him have it, pictures of him partying at a pizza you know doing the little two steps so it's hard to meet yeah he dances like share in their heyday um let me just go back to vice president pence for one mm -hmm. second so if a person serves less than two years preceding the term they may serve two four more years so yeah y'all were correct okay so i I want to do a time. I have a lot of topics. I'm so excited to do this show today because I'm like, wow, I have. I didn't realize how many topics there are. I should do it for my own show. Instead, I never do any show prep. And I'm just like, yeah, my vagina itches, which it does. Um, so I don't know. I really, I don't know if I talked about the fun one. Well, none of them are fun. I guess the first one I really want to talk about is, which is important. I, I'm always interested in the media and how it works and coverage of stuff. And I'm so amazed that there was a huge general strike in India where 250 million people went on strike. Million, not thousand, not hundred thousand. Million people went on a general strike in India. Such a huge labor movement um, against uh, some things that the government done, basically neoliberal policies that the government did um, mainly deregulation of agricultural prices. And, you know, and 70% of the economy in India is based on agriculture. So when they're deregulating agriculture, basically what 
these people were saying, the people protesting, is that um, you know this benefits huge agricultural companies and causes major problems for the smaller people, the more independent people, and the workers. Um, and they like there's a lot of changes that this new government, Modi, who's kind of a Trump-like figure, did, and one of them was like increasing the workday from eight hours to twelve hours, and ah. they made it impossible to sue the government. So they have like a lot of things going on in India that's really shitty, not to mention the fact that their COVID response has been almost as bad as ours, and they had millions of infections, 150,000 dead so far at least. It's probably more by now. And what I'm interested in is why, aside from democracy now, why is this get a total media blackout in the United States? Uh, well, I mean, I don't... Where did I see? So I saw the story. It was related to the silk farmers. And I think that was on, you know what? You're probably right. I think that was just like New York Times. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think America's just not interested. I mean, if it's not fun, if it's not the Real Housewives, you know, they just don't care. So I'm looking at a story right now and it says, fact check, did 250 million people gather for a strike in India over the farm laws. And it on the truth meter it <laughs> has it listed as false. Really? And yeah, and it goes through a number of the images that have been posted on social media that claim to be representative of the strike. And none of the images shared um, are of the farmers' protest. Now, I, I don't know, uh, well, you know, I don't... But this is a general strike, so they're saying this. What this is what from from? Well, what I saw was about silk farmers striking, so I didn't know about the general strike until you brought that up. What what is this from Reagan? Where you were looking? Uh, I, I when I typed in, it's from Republic Worlds or something. I I don't know. Oh, that this. sounds a little weird. <laughs> it does sound a little, but it was the first <laughs> thing that came up. I, I mean, it was in covered in depth in on democracy now but, and on Jacob. But I so. do know that Modi is a very controversial yeah. figure and an oppressive figure, and uh, I. But you're right. I just don't know a lot about what's happening in India, and mm -hmm. part of that is my ignorance. I remember on your podcast, Madge, when you were talking about everything that was happening in Venezuela, I started going to the Intercepted podcast and I learned more about it. And yeah. I, I need to start doing that more often because we are living increasingly in a global community. And when something huge like this happens in India, which doesn't India have the largest population or is it yeah. China? Um, or it's around there. Yeah, it, it's it will have ripple effects and affect us all. So okay. I, I'd be interested in so learning more I, about I, what's happening. See, I'm not putting the onus on us. So, and I have an agenda behind this topic. Okay. And I, I'm just going to be upfront about it. And uh, sort of, I suppose it's a conspiracy theory. But let me just read from, because Democracy Now! from the third of this month said, the ongoing protests come after a nationwide demonstration on Thursday when an estimated 250 million workers, farmers, and their allies joined in what's believed to be the largest organized strike in history anywhere in the world. Um, <clears throat> now, those people didn't all physically gather together, but they striked. So maybe that's mm -hmm. the distinction here. I'm not sure. Um, so what this topic is about for me is ne neoliberalism and its control over the media. I don't feel, mm. Reagan, that it's your responsibility to know about these topics and define them. I, f I mean, in a way it is, of course, but I feel like that these topics 
I, my, my thesis is that these topics are being kept from us by a media that is driven by neoliberal forces. Yes, I, I 100% agree. And I just recorded a podcast and released it last night. And I, I, I poke fun at that breaking news music, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that really over dramatic breaking news music. Because I haven't watched cable news in years. Mm-hmm. And then on the election, even though leading up to the election, I was like, I'm not going to watch cable news. I'm say. not going to watch cable news. <laughs> and then I ended up doing it. And this is a funny story. So mm-hmm. on you, I have YouTube TV. That's how I get my cable. And so whatever station you manually go to, is the station that will be your default station. So I haven't oh. manually switched the station since the election. So every time I what? turn on my TV, it's fucking CNN. And so wow. that that breaking news music is constantly happening. <laughs> and it's the most inconsequent, it's such dramatic music for such inconsequential, not even news. It's right. like commentary. It's, it's talking heads about all things domestic it's and about op-ed stuff not actual news and it, it's um it's maddening that i i think that we should have laws that and you may look at this as a restriction on free speech badge but we should have laws that you can't just call yourself news if we you're not news and, and we need that because what has happened is all of these people, and, and this is a, a bit of a divergence, but I think connected to your main point, you look at all of these people who claim to be fringe media sources when they get sued. So like when Alex Jones got sued by right. the, um, the parents who lost their children Sandy at Sandy Hook, his defense in court was, well, everybody knows that I'm not news, that I'm just entertainment. So you can't take any of this seriously. So there are no grounds to sue me. When people sued Hannity for all of the lies and conspiracies he put out, that was his defense as well. Then if that's the case, we need laws that say that you're not news. And by the way, I feel the same way about CNN. So this is not just a liberal or conservative thing. It's ridiculous. And where do we, we can't turn on our televisions now and get actual news, maybe network news right. is the closest that we have like abc and nbc and stuff like that well yeah but i don't yeah go ahead i mean i'm just short i mean i i understand what y'all are saying i, I agree in some aspects but <laughs> i blame it on the people i mean it's a it's a self-feeding loop it's what the a dumb population of america wants and then it feeds into that and then they only give us what we want and then it just keeps on cycling until it gets more and more extreme until finally it just well, explodes I go to that- other countries it's not like this and when I vacationed in Canada, totally opposite. It's the most boring thing you've ever seen when you turn it onto their news networks. I think it's a combination of things. You know, I don't, it's complicated. Like in, in a way, the feedback loop is true. Yeah. But at the same time, like these huge corporations do have agendas. And when you watch CNN and they're hosting the debate and they're, you know, and they're asking questions about medic, you know, the various healthcare plans and then the commercial is for me and then you look and, and every other commercial is for fucking drugs they mm-hmm. there is something there when rachel maddow comes on and and there's boeing ads um there's there are 100 percent capitalism gone insane so though, you can't I mean, bl- but you can't blame the people for do it for the feedback loop solely when you have the people they voted that are for feeding this. them 
Yeah, but it works both ways. You know, these mess, these these people, pro, corporations run on. They use propaganda, and the propaganda yes. is in the form of me of me of uh, advertising, and yes. their advertising all comes from this guy Bernays, who was I think Freud's cousin or something. There's some wonderful documentary about it by uh, um, Adam Curtis, and they of talk the about sauce. What? No, the not sauce? the sauce. <laughs> what is that? The very saucy Bernays. Remember that from my anxiety. You're very saucy Bernays. Very anyway. Bernays. So this, all of the advertising strategy comes from Freud, basically. So they manipulate the hell out of us, and you can't underestimate what okay. they're doing to us on on purpose to manipulate us in order to make them buy their shit. And I'm just trying to figure out. You know, I want. A few things. I just want healthcare for all. I want basically free education, even though it's not for me personally. And you know, and I, I want a Green New Deal. I want serious, you know, work to be done to actually make changes for climate change. Those are things I want. And I feel like the neoliberal agenda stops that because it's all based on putting the fee free market everywhere. And the insidious thing is, it wraps itself in 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 calling itself it, it basically is a parasite to the democratic party calling itself you know the the party of the left no the yeah. left is what i am that we're very marxist yeah because marx's mm. theory of hegemony is that you trick the people who are the workers into thinking that they, they have the same shared values as the people in control uh -huh. of production Right. And and that's where we're at. It's staggeringly uh, awful to see how many people are so utterly invested mm -hmm. in their exploitation. And it's so insidious because, like, we're in a situation financially where you can't. Like, when I was a kid, my my mother took me to the bank. She's like, "Here, Madge, because that's my name." We're going to go to the bank and you're going to get your first savings account. And I learned that if you put money in the bank, you get 4% interest. Wow. And then oh. they always used to say, if you get a million dollars, you live <laughs> off the interest, right? Can't do that anymore. So all these kids today are earning money and you can't earn money on it without without investing it in risky places. So they use this Robinhood app, which is a place where you invest. A lot of these millennials and Gen Z people invest. What are they investing in? The same corporations that are causing this problem. It's another feedback loop. Yeah, it, it, speaking of property ownership, because that is something that is very generational, right? Mm -hmm. And in California, they just tried to pass a ballot proposal, I think it failed, that said that if... Uh, somebody over a certain age, like basically boomers, if boomers wanted to move into a new place, a new home, and put their old home on the market, that they wouldn't have to pay taxes on their new home. And that to me was just so tone deaf, what? excuse the ableist language. Yeah, because the idea is that we, we have a housing crisis. So they want to be able to move real estate easier. But the people who are the most burdened by the home crisis, but the people who could never get in on the ground floor. And one of the things that I find startling is when I go to Palm Springs, I love going to Palm Springs. And I, mm -hmm. for a long time, I considered buying a home there, renting the it out for the year yeah. and then retiring, you know, so at least I have equity in something. And there is a big pushback by Palm Springs residents. And I understand their concern because they think, well, you have all of these people who come in for Coachella and all these other events. 
that, and they become our neighbors for the weekend. They don't care about the neighborhood. They trash things out. They're extremely loud. And if you can't afford a home here without renting it out, then don't buy it here. And I get that. But then on the flip side of it, I go, yeah, but you're part of a generation that was able to buy a home when you were in your 30s, sometimes even 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm part of a generation, I'm 44 years old, and I'm still renting a one-bedroom apartment. And the only reasonable way that I can think of to own a home is to take that road. Playing the game. Yeah, but, but to, to speak to Madge's larger point, yeah, we're not going to hear about stuff like this. And I hate saying stuff like mainstream media because that mm-hmm. makes it seem like I'm like buying into all the conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. Um, but they don't want us hearing news from another country about people protesting right. people in power because mm-hmm. then that puts ideas in our head. Yeah, yeah. So I want to know... So I listen to this, I highly recommend this socialist podcast called Jacob in Radio, and they do a lot of fantastic work. So well-researched. And one thing they were talking about in this show I was listening to the other day is like, well, two parts to it. The first part is, you know, when you make fun of the other side and just call them stupid, as, as enjoyable as that is, and I'm guilty of it as much as anyone else, it doesn't accomplish anything. And she said, this woman, Anna Kasparian, what, what we need to do is bring how you need to see how can you bring people to our side and just making a video of at a Trump convention, wearing MAGA hats and saying stupid things about masks. It's entertainment, but it doesn't really do anything to bring people over to our side. So I guess when I'm what, given what we just talked about, what, what could we possibly do? I mean, well, Sarah Silverman provides a model for this, right? She, she is very, invitational in her approach to sides that are not consistent with her beliefs or values. And she doesn't come at them from an adversarial position. I think another person who is is like stand-up comics or tend to be some of them better at this than others. Um, What's the guy who's shorter? Uh, Patton Oswalt is also really good about this. He made news a couple of years ago because somebody was really viciously responding to something that he wrote on Twitter. And he went on to the guy's timeline out of curiosity and found out that he had some debilitating illness. And Patton Oswald, rather than attacking him back, raised money for this guy. And it knocked, it, you know, it completely turned that guy's worldview upside down. And so I understand the inclination, especially as somebody who was bullied and abused growing up, mm-hmm. where my knee-jerk reaction is to respond in kind. And one of the things that I have been working on since I turned 40 is trying to reprogram myself to where I don't go to that place. When crazy comes to my door, not meeting it with crazy, but trying to engage asking questions Mm -hmm. is a really um, important thing that you can do. So Yes. Asking them. So explain to me, like I, you know, and letting them know I, I, my intention is not to try to change your mind, but I'm curious. And Mm -hmm. this is something Debbie and I have done in alt space. We host, we, uh, for a couple of weeks, we hosted a debate in alt space, a debate space. And rather than telling people you're wrong for thinking this, we would say both of us respectively, like, okay, help me understand this here's how I see things. Here's what you're saying. Help me build a connection. 
Great. And and it was a really effective strategy, and, don't and, you think, Debbie? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But I think as a whole, like when uh, I totally agree with what you're saying, Reagan. But with what Madge is saying, it's like you know we shouldn't do all this. I totally agree with that. But I don't think right now there is really a way to pull most of these people over to our side, no matter what you say, because it's it's become cultish mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I think the only real re- only real way to like change minds is to enact these policies that they'll finally see that, okay, yes, they make everyone's life better, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's how you do it because sooner or later, then you have the same type of people that are in the cult or whatever you want to say, that yeah. mindset that starts saying, oh, I want to keep my Obamacare. Same thing. You remember Obamacare, everybody was totally against it yeah. on that side. No matter no matter what you said, you couldn't change anybody's mind. Mm-hmm. And then once it got passed, you've got these, these people that are, pro-Trump, but they're like, oh, but I want to keep my Obamacare. Well, you know, I I do this show sometimes, this Orange Pill show, which is a Bitcoin show, and I'm on that sometimes. And Cheryl was giving me a hard time to take, why would you be on that show? Because Max, who's one of the hosts, goes on Alex Jones and talks about shit, and Max is very right-wing, so Stacy is not, but she's very much what I consider, like, me, fair-minded. Um, but... Um, but, she, you know, she was very much against Biden. In any case, Cheryl's giving me a hard time. Why would you want to talk to that people? My my answer is, of course, I want to talk to those people because their audience is mostly libertarians and, um, you know, conservatives. Of course, I want to talk to them. I don't want to just talk to people who agree with me. I want to talk to people who don't agree with me and just show them at least there's some common ground we can have as humans. And my problem that I've had after this election is I really don't like this attitude that a lot of people take where it's like, if you voted for Trump, don't talk to me. You're against me. You don't, you're against gay people. You're voting against you know everything I am as a human being and I'm cutting you off. And I just feel like that's a recipe for, for war. You know, it's just, I just don't like that. And I really feel like my gut instinct is that if I like you as a human being, even if you're, and I do have a lot of people I genuinely like, I have relatives, I have friends that I genuinely like who are conservative, and I like them, and I just don't talk about those things. And my gut instinct as a human being says to keep that relationship going because those people make me feel good because they're humans. And the fact that they disagree with me on politics and other stuff takes a back seat. And and that's so intuitive to me that I really feel strongly about it. And I feel like... Mm-hmm. Two, two issues I see, and, and I don't want to muddy the waters between them. And I think that mm-hmm. you will probably agree with my stance on the first one. So um, the first one, well, actually, let me do it in the reverse order because mm-hmm. it'll make more sense. So the first of which is I agree with you that I have people in my life who are conservative or who are even conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. right now. My friend Kristen, who I did <laughs> big brother with, um, has, in my opinion, completely gone off the deep end and with, with conspiracy theories. And with it's, like mask it's stuff or... painful for me to read her uh, updates. Is it, it, like it, mask it hurts stuff my heart or... Be, uh, sh- like she believes that microchip bill gates microchip all of it just just all of it Uh and um and but the thing is is that i love her right and i i love her like family and my hope is that when the pandemic goes away that she's going to find her footing again and Mm -hmm. so i choose to compartmentalize that part i i um on facebook i don't 
like we're still friends on Facebook, but I uh, snooze her every 30 days because she, she's posting so many conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. but I still reach out to her. Uh, you know, we spent Thanksgiving before last together. So on Thanksgiving, I messaged her and, you know, I told her I love her and then I'm thinking of her and, and vice versa. And she knows that that's where my head is at. So I get what you're saying. And so we find other ways we know not to, what not to talk about with one another mm-hmm. and still bring joy to one another's uh-huh. life. However, that is different than going, and I agree with Cheryl here, that is different than legitimizing Alex Jones' platform, because the thing is, is that it's categorically different if you are engaging in a discussion where Mm -hmm. both parties are coming at it from an earnest place of having to try to have a real conversation Mm -hmm. versus you going on to somebody who is intentionally a rabble rouser right. and trying to stir the pot. And that is what his game is. It's what his MO is. I mean, really think about this for a second. Uh-huh. This guy is such a piece of shit that one of the parents, or I should say both of the parents of one of the kids who had his face literally shot off yeah. They had to go and identify their child with a missing fucking face. And because of what Alex Jones did, they were getting death threats claiming that this was complete fiction. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think it's um, unconscionable that anybody would try to have a conversation with him. I agree, yeah, I mean, but it's not me doing it. So am I guilty of us by association by going on some no, shows? Who no, was, I don't um, think you are. Yeah. But but I but I think it's a fair critique for uh-huh. Cheryl to say, hey, you might want to consider who you're associating with. I don't think it's fair mm-hmm. to place the onus on you. And I don't think she's doing that, but I do think it's fair game to point it out. It's yeah. I mean, he admitted that this is all a character. That's mm. what's so sick about it. When he was sued, you know, yes, he admitted that it was just all. It's all. Ju- it's not real. And and, and, and I've there, talked it's got to be a line. And I've talked to people who know him behind the scenes who who say that's true. Yeah, that Joe Rogan is, says yeah, it, but he still has them on. And I'm like, it almost makes it worse in a way. Yeah, it totally yeah. makes it worse. And you know, I, I battle with this all the time because mm. I really do. I think Joe Rogan is a wonderful interviewer like howard stern level right i mean ta- he really is he can cut through so much bullshit like when i just mean just getting someone just to talk no matter what they believe but then when he has alex jones on it's just so it's just it's just disgusting you i know? think people do it for the numbers because alex jones oh he does he, he said yeah. oh i like alex not, he said he says crazy shit he says crazy shit man but you know uh-huh. Where it's just it's a really strange line. It really is. Okay, so we've been talking for about an hour. So do we want to pivot to? Do we want to finish with hot topics and go to talk about our new show, or what? What are you thinking? I I have a few more topics that I want to talk. Yeah, I have a topic too. Okay, go, Debbie. Mine is short and sweet. Okay. Um. So I discussed this on my YouTube, and I want y'all's input because I've gave mine, but I'll go through it again. Um. The Tom Cruise. Um. 
blow up explosion. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise personally, like, but I think he's a fabulous actor. I love all of his movies. You know, if you can believe some of the crazy shit in that religion, you know, and believe it. And he, you know, he totally does. He does these scenes, you know, all by himself, but long story short. So he had an explosion on the set of mission impossible, uh, 15 or seven, mm-hmm. eight, whatever. It is. <laughs> and, uh, <Fifteen. laughs> he'll be like 60. The best one yet. Yeah. The best one yet. It's going to space. And uh, (laughs) so he had the explosion about the people on set standing too close together and not following proper procedures uh, for COVID safety. And everybody started coming out. This is just like Kristen Bale. How dare you, um, you know, allow the uh, allow him to do this. That's demeaning. I think it's justifiable. Look, we're living in some really crazy times. Three hundred thousand people have lost their lives. They're finally able to film again, which I think is questionable. You know, really, do we? I mean, shouldn't everything be shut down? But, you know, you're, you're taking the best precautions you can. And I think it's totally justifiable. I mean, I, I, I don't really care yeah. for the man, but this actually is good PR in my I mean, mind. I didn't see the video, but from what you're describing, there's nothing I would sense objectionable. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he freaks out. He does that. He jumped on Oprah's couch. He has that kind of man yeah, but it wasn't in so. that manner he, he cursed him out but he let him keep the job but he said if they do it if you do it again you know you're fucking fired you're fucking fired you know well, so big I deal just, why I, is that even an issue yeah. i don't get it it's well because it's a gotcha moment with the <laughs> yeah, celebrity yeah, it, yeah. it's gross that somebody recorded it and released oh, yeah, it totally. and it backfired on that person because it, i mean it, it yeah. paints him in a good light I think so too. I mean, and if my, he was just my some... father texts me and he hates Tom Cruise because he's yeah. all, you know, anti Scientology, but he's like, you know, good for him. But if he was some, if, it, if this was uh, some rando construction manager on a construction <laughs> oh, site, <no. laughs> everybody'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Why? Well, it's just, they're just, uh, uh, what do you call exploiting his celebrity? It sounds like. Well, and it's so it's strange too because if you look at it from the perspective, CEOs do this all the time, right? And they do it for the wrong reasons. This guy's doing it for the right reason, and yeah. it's a bad, it's a bad thing. I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious. What do you yeah. got, Reagan? Uh, so another news story. So I want to talk a little bit about transportation. And so I have two transportation topics that we, we, we can talk about. The first of which is first, let's start with the light one. Then we can go with like the, uh, I am not trans. I was born a woman. I'm just a lesbian <laughs> and I'm tired of it. Sure. You are married. Mm-hmm. Department of transportation says airlines no longer have to accommodate emotional support animals. The new <laughs> definition is a service animal is a dog that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of a person with a disability, which I am all for this. Or a duck. Or a duck, a seeing eye duck. But you can still have your other animals. You just have to pay for it, right? Like you got to put them in pet. the compartment underneath the plane. Yeah, you can still have a pet. You just put it in the carrier, right? I believe so, yeah. 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 You, you yeah. can't just bring your dog yeah, on that's saying true, it's an emotional support animal anymore. The shit we're getting peacock, out of hands. The peacock. All, so they're not allowing emotional support animals anymore, right? It's just like... Yeah, it's words. just a more strictly defined... That's like you fine, actually you have know, to have And it has to be a service dog, and it has to be a certain type of service right. dog. We that's, can't... You that's can't fine with me, because the thing is, poodle. like... You know, I don't know how they're going to enforce it because the ADA has so many rules. Like you're not allowed to 
ask somebody if they're ADA. So I don't know how, forget about the technicalities, but like it always pissed me off because I always just used to travel with my dog and I always paid because I was too embarrassed to like go to a psychiatrist, like give me a, a note for an emotional support animal. But then I'd see all these people with their bullshit emotional support animals. I'm like, you didn't, you saved $300 by being dishonest. So to be honest, I think it's, I think it's fair. Oh, I think you I still bring your dog. You just, you pay for it. So I saw public freak out because that's my thing lately for the past year or two. I saw a public freakout where a woman at first, sometimes I start watching the public freakout video on Reddit. And I think that the person at the beginning of the video is the unreasonable one. And then you come to find out, no, they're responding to somebody who's being unreasonable. So it was a woman with the dog and uh, screaming, get your dog out of here, get your dog out of here. And, but I looked down at the dog. It was like, that dog's so chill, but give me a break. But no, it turned out that she has a dog that can um, anticipate seizures. Uh-huh. And somebody else had brought their dog. Did you see this video, Debbie? I know I know what you're talking about okay. on TikTok. So somebody else brought in a dog into the grocery store and it was not an emotional support. It wasn't any type of support or service dog. The dog. And yeah. it distracts the dog who is trying to do its job. Right. And I thought... It shows the woman rounding the corner after she's getting into this altercation, the verbal altercation with this other woman. And she, you can just, she's crying. I mean, she's really, and the dog jumps up on her to make sure that she's okay. And it just beautifully encapsulated why this is a change that is so long overdue. Yeah. So the other transportation thing that I have a question about, and this is, this is my own ignorance is I don't understand the appointment of Pete Buttigieg to <laughs> Department of Transportation Secretary. I, and let me say this. Yeah. I think that he is brilliant. I, I wrote a uh, piece of research about him, an essay about him. And I, I do think that he is exceptionally bright. But Absolutely. I don't understand what qualifies him to be the secretary of transportation in this cabinet. And one of the criticisms that we lobbied against Trump is how do you have somebody like Betsy DeVos, who has no experience in education, or this DeJoy guy who took over, who became the postmaster general with no experience, they're just campaign contributors. And I think in a way you can compare what Mm -hmm. Pete did to a campaign contribution because he basically backed out they all dropped down they all dropped out so that biden would would have a a road well you're getting into you're opening a huge pandora's box here which i'm afraid if we get into it is going to take way too much time because i've been thinking about this too and then it that is like you that's an octopus for so many other issues like the whole this was on, on my topics list too is this the way that Biden is using these identities to you like it's it's almost like he's just decorating his cabinet with you know races gender persuasions and all these sort of things instead of what's qualifying them and and there's a whole discussion to be had about that like it's a basically is it a firm do is it okay to do affirmative action in your cabinet my issue with Buttigieg is that he's really is a neoconservative I'm afraid he'll use it as an excuse to privatize transportation I don't like his what his experience with working for McKinsey and and working you know on Blue Cross of Michigan makes me very nervous um and I 
I don't trust him at all. And and by the way, yeah. Buttigieg, or not Buttigieg, Biden has said that he infrastructure mm-hmm. is one of his top priorities because his campaign was it slogan is build back better. And so transportation is really one of the jewels in his crown. And so to place so much emphasis, I'm less concerned about, um, uh, about the other cabinet choices, because um, even though they do come from underrepresented groups, so I get your concern about identity politics. If you look at them, they're mm-hmm. overwhelmingly yeah, qualified. qualified for their positions. His but, is but not, his exists his, yeah. and it's on its own island. And so, what he is this trains. about? He but, says he but, likes trains oh God, now. But there's Great. so many other things. They're not all qualified. <laughs> like there's this one, a woman, African-American, I forget her name. It's like Munch or something like that. And she was supposed to have agriculture because she'd be in charge of food stamps. And she's really good. She's very progressive with food stamps. Instead, they put her on HUD. And of course, there's really no true progressives on on the cabinet at all, which fucks over progressives big time. And that's going to be, there's going to be payback for that later in the next election when they need us again, because they're not going to have it. Um, Chief of staff. But my biggest complaint is the defense secretary, this guy, forget his name, but he's on the fucking board of Raytheon. That's one of the hugest defense contractors. Talk about a conflict of interest. And, you know, and this is where I get so despondent (sighs) about America. You know, we have this, $750 $750 trillion, whatever the billion dollar defense budget that, you know, unanimously, almost unanimously gets approved, you know, because war is fine. You know, and this is why I really yeah. feel like so many people don't vote because there's only one party when it comes to foreign intervention and war. The war party, that's all of us. And you have the f- fucking guy from Raytheon running the defense department, but he's black. Lloyd Austin is his name. Yeah, yeah Lloyd it's, Austin, it's, former Iraq commander. The one good thing I will say for Biden is today he announced that he was the secretary of the interior. I can't remember her name, is a Native American, which that on the surface sounds amazing because the interior really is something that, you know, that sh- it's the inside it's of your vagina. The right well, I was going to say, Buttigieg should have got that because the gates are good with design. Well, they're, <laughs> they're good with parks, you know, and benches, yeah. you know, and, you know. But, you oh, know, cruising. transportation, I mean, you know, Buttigieg, uh, you know, could rebuild motors. I don't know what to say. It's, it's, I don't hopefully know. Hopefully he'll be like the queen, a mechanic. Yeah, a mechanic. He's, I think he just gave it just to give a title and there was nothing else. Right. And then Buttigieg probably came to the, the camp and was like, I dropped out, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, look, throw him somewhere. All I can say you is know? this. I mean, I hope that Biden knows what he's doing. Buttigieg is very smart. I hope he does well. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he's intelligent. But, but I have to say this. If we don't get any, if if we don't get anything, some significant legislation out of these four years, I'm not voting for a neocon again, a neo neoliberal again. I'm not going to do it. And if they throw us some other horrible person, like if Kanye West is running in 24, or if Trump comes back in 24, and you say, "Oh no, shame on you, progressive! You have to vote for Biden because of this, and he didn't do shit for me. All he, all he did is satisfy centrists." He's not going to get my vote. I mean, I'm let's done. be real. I, I will be shocked if Biden lives through his term okay another neocon let's just say Buttigieg, for example or harris we can can we take I, I'm this not back sure a second? about her yet but you know i need i need something serious i need a real i need something good i need some real good climate action i need medicare for all or something real close to no it. i was saying harris yeah. is another neoliberal who uh, yeah would pose a more serious threat because she would be the part she would be the 
ticket at that point if Biden doesn't survive. And and I I don't mean to be grim when I say that I don't think Biden will survive. But but (laughs) hometown. But I have experience with older Mm. people. My father was born in 1920. He was 84 when he died Mm. in 2004. And when I look at Biden, I really look at somebody who physically looks like he is not long for the surrounding. I just, I, that's the impression that I get. So I, I, I hate to be that person, but I, I, I would not be surprised at all if he didn't live through the next four years. I want something good. You know, I, I know a lot of people in finance and, um, you know, the dollar's been plummeting. And I was asking a friend of mine in finance today, like, why is the dollar going down? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just had to say this as uh-huh. just what you just said, those first two sentences, you know, when you listen to talk radio yeah. and you, those first two sentences just sounded like you were about to say, but gold is something that never depreciates in value. Oh my and God. 1 800 get gold. Yeah, sorry. Oh, not yet. Once I thought it was, I thought he was about to go into Bitcoin. We are looking, we're, no, but if you are buying gold then, or selling it, then please uh, contact us for sponsorship opportunities. No. Um, what was I talking about? I forgot. Oh, your friend and finance. So I'm like, why is the dollar going down? Because like the, the, the Euro, at least certainly compared to the Euro, even I'm like, well, I know they had bailouts. Um, but why so much lower than in Europe? Like the dollar compared to Euro is getting worse. And this person said, because the finance people expect, um, the Democrats to get both seats in Georgia and the Democrats Uh. to get, the Senate, which means that Biden will push through another $9 million in uh, stimulus. And that's going to drive the dollar down that causes inflation. So I thought that was interesting. So if he does get that, I'm going to have a lot of expectation. I'm going to want some real legislation pushed through because we have no excuse. What do you think that he can reasonably do? I need something for healthcare and I want something for climate. And oh, and I think realistically, I think he will do. I I really think the climate is going to happen. I think he will. I think one of the best things he can do, and it doesn't affect me directly, but I think it'll be great for the economy, is write off all the government uh, debt. I'm student loans that the government, which is I think like seventy percent of the student loans are government funded. And Deborah, you're staring at me. It's making me crazy because your little camera thing fucked up, and I just see Deborah staring at me in a box. So and, and it looks like she's kind of like hovering over yeah. a, a bush. She's like, given me I such an evil stink eye. But <laughs> no, but I think that sounds like there's a really good chance that he'll do that. And he could do that actually without the Senate, too, I believe. So if he writes off all that debt, think of all those young people who'll be able to spend more money in the economy. It will be them. it will be yeah. a huge as somebody yeah. who um, I, I racked up. I think $120,000 in student debt. And my mom luckily came and saved me from that a few years after I got my degree. Mm-hmm. And it, it forever changed the course of my life. Well, my parents it, paid it, for my college. I didn't pay a dime. And I, all I did was get Oh, okay. Ooh, that's, that's but I didn't have great. seven degrees it's like so Reagan. I had, my, I had my, are you still there, Debbie? I think we lost her. Debbie, you guys, a moment of silence for Debbie, who died Debbie's dead. of COVID nineteen. She was, she got it while filming this Oof. episode. She died, and we will miss her forever. Deb, where who am I going to? Who am I going to go into Oculus with? Yourself, is it? Myself. Master Doesn't Cheryl Bank. have one yet? No, I. No. 
you know, Cheryl doesn't like new stuff. She doesn't like new people. Cheryl is the episode of Strangers with Candy, the new student episode, where she's like, down with the new student. Anybody know? I was listening to uh, <laughs> Yeast Radio, and you have that real smart younger queen who comes on and y'all talk politics. This is Powell, right? Trey Powell, right? And yeah. he's very intelligent. And mm-hmm. I just know that. Cheryl probably hates. Of course, I'm sure. Her. Well, I don't think she's listened to the show anymore. I don't think she listens ever since. Oh, there's Deborah. Oh, Debbie, Debbie's back. She's back from. She's back alive. Oh my God, the kitty cat started coughing up a hairball. Is that a euphemism for your vagina? So you oh, couldn't no, say I, excuse I'm serious. me. <laughs> I'd run. Okay, can I do my last little topic? Sorry, it's a fun yes. one, sort of fun. Okay. I hope so, so. This guy, who's a uh, a reporter for Daily Dot Media Light, his name is Zachary Patrizio, posts this thing on um, Twitter today, and it says, "Okay, it it's it says Congressman Dan Crenshaw is currently following an escort on Twitter who charges fifteen hundred dollars an hour, <laughs> and shows a screenshot." And it's got 4.1 thousand comments, 3.3 thousand retweets, and 6.2 thousand likes. Now, what the fuck is going on? What? Who cares if a congressman is following an escort? And an expensive escort, you know, what kind of Snoopy? That's just disturbing. Like, why are we snooping on people? I mean, How and there was followers? another thing. Wasn't there something recently with the Pope that the Pope liked, clicked like on some girl who was pretty yeah, on, on Instagram. Instagram? I mean, this, this, I don't know what to make of this shit. I just think it's fucking crazy. But most of these accounts have people that are, you know, companies or third parties that are actually managing their, their accounts. So, I mean, is it verified that he's the one running it? I have no well, clue. Even, who cares, right? I, I mean, mean, I yeah. think that's the it's bigger in his point. Name. Psychologically, people latch on to stuff like that because it's easier to latch on to that than to deal with the gravity oh, of $300,000 yeah. or 300,000 300, people dead in the United States. Right. And it, it's a distraction. If, it, if only it was $300,000, they'd care more about it, I bet you. Probably. Um, should we wrap up now? Wrap up and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so, Reagan, why don't you talk about our new show that you're really the one that sort of uh, spearheaded this and got us going and it's kind the of mother. Baby. So why don't you yeah, so it, it, the, the queen mother. So it, it is my brainchild, but it has evolved into all of our, the three of our babies. Um, we've, I'm just at any rate, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. So I started watching the queen or the crown. I always say the queen. I started watching the crown on Netflix because for years people have been raving about how good it is and how good Claire Foy is. And I love Olivia Coleman. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I was about five episodes into the first season when I thought, oh, oh we should do, me, Madge, and Debbie should do a podcast because, you know, there's a whole subgenre of people who just watch television shows and talk about the television shows. And so I contacted these two ladies and I said, would y'all be in t- into this idea? We could do a show called Pod Save the Queens. And every week we would watch one episode starting from the very beginning, but we would more use what's happening in the episode as a launching pad to discuss current events, but also to reflect on history and things that we don't understand. So the show is about the crown, but it's about a lot more than that. 
It's about talking about current affairs and joking. And it just really gives us an opportunity to come together and share our queer take on this television show and the world. So it's Pod Save the Queens. And um, I, I'm, I could not be more thrilled uh, with the work that we've done so far. We already have a few episodes in the can. I've been saying that a lot. Like I'm a media professional. <laughs> few episodes in the can and they have exceeded my expectations. They're so entertaining. We've been putting work into the production value of this. It's something, it's a, an endeavor that we take very seriously today. Um, uh, Debbie has created this promotional material that has blown my socks off. It's just so funny. And if you follow any of us on any social media platform, you've seen her advertisements for it. So that's what it is. And so we would encourage you to find us on your favorite podcatcher. And there's, there's a lot of shows with similar names. So this is called pod save the Queens with an S podcast. So if you go in your podcatcher, I would recommend searching for pod save the Queens podcast. And it's the same exact thing on Instagram. The Twitter is something different, but nobody uses Twitter for this shit. Pod anymore. save Queens. Pod save Queens on Twitter. Yeah. But you know. do us a favor. We really want to get this off the ground. We think you'll like it. So these things are best promoted by word of mouth. So tell your friends to listen to that. Send the link. If you have a show, we'd love it if you could, you know, talk about it on the show. Have one of us or all of it. You know, maybe we could send you a promo clip or whatever. We have a Gmail too, right? What is it, Deborah? Yeah. Yeah, the pod save the queens at gmail.com. Is it pod save the queens or pod save the queens podcast? I think it's. <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, while she looks for that, our <laughs> premiere episode is Christmas Eve. So make sure that you tune into it on Christmas Eve, although, you know, it's a podcast, so you can listen to it whenever you want. Um, and we are going to release one episode a week over the course of the next 10 weeks. So you have a lot of content. Each episode is about an hour long. It's very enjoyable. We're going to play a teaser of it at the end of this show. Yes. Um, what teaser are you going to play? I think we should just play the first 15 minutes okay. of the first episode okay, to, I can do to wet their appetite, to wet their vaginas, their, their vaginas, okay. the inside of the vagina, the root of the vagina, the bottom of the vagina. The bottom and the middle. God, Alexis K. Tyler. Kind of miss her, right? What happened to her? Alexis. She's going to be Secretary of Defense. <laughs> <laughs> you no, she's going to be Surgeon head. General. <laughs> I got it, Deborah. It's Pod Save the Queens Podcast at gmail.com. Pod Save the Are Queens it, Podcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, so Spotify, we're on Spotify, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Apple. Oh, and review us and rate us. We just just help us. We we if you like this show, a lot of people have been asking for Eat This Hut show for us. They want us. So if you want us, we need audience. So help us. You know, it's that's we're not asking for money right now. I'm not saying we won't at some point, but we're asking for word of mouth. You know, or just right? support. I mean, there's so Support. many podcasts now. That's what is so insane. This was such a small community. Yeah, but we've been right? doing it from the beginning, so yeah. we're the OGs. We have been, and and, yeah. and we have a good we have a good product. We really, really do. I'm very proud yeah. of the yeah. work that we've done, as I said before. But yeah. you can the market is so saturated yes. with podcasts yeah. that you can have a good podcast 
that won't take off if people don't, don't share it and spread the word. Yeah. And you know, people actually. are telling me, people are telling me that this is probably one of the best podcasts. The other day, you know, the gentleman <laughs> came and he said, ma'am, this is the best podcast ever. And so I'm, I'm hearing it from all different people. This is really the best podcast ever. Debbie Trump. Thank yeah, you, old orange, old orange one, great orange lady. <laughs> the kingmaker. All right, I'm playing. King. Stay tuned for a 15 minute teaser of Pod Save the Queen. After this, no deal. After this outro ends, you will hear that. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Would have all been very antiseptic. But like a great many other things, I'm going to give it all up for you. Spot of blood in my spittle yesterday morning. That's Winston Mersham. It's a royal wedding, not a campaign trail. It's outrageous. Who giveth this woman to be married to this man? A babe. She insisted. It was discussed. Till death us do part. It's been two hours. What are structural alterations? I invite you to form a government in my name. An honor I gratefully accept. The Queen has asked to see you. No, I, I haven't finished. My understanding is the surgeons did everything they could. Pod Save the Queens, a weekly podcast that covers one episode of The Crown each week, hosted by Reagan Fox, a professor of communication at California State University, Long Beach. He is also a performer. Since 2005, Reagan has produced a podcast titled Fox and the City. Madge Weinstein, internet personality who maintains Yeast Radio, which has developed a cult following and was among the 50 most subscribed to podcasts in 2005. And Deborah Wilkerson, a 68-year-old woman, allegedly, from Texas with a big heart and an even bigger body. She enjoys watching walking on the beach videos and warm buffets. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Queen Elizabeth and I'm joined today by two other fair queens, my queen mother, Madge Weinstein. Say hello, mother. Hello, Daldry. Oh, that's a nice voice. What did you call, did you call me Daldry? Daldry. Thank you. Thank you. Daldry. Thank you. Daldry. Daldry. D-E-R-D-R-E. Daldry. Oh, and see, in Texas, where I'm from, we say Deidre, like Deidre Hall. <laughs> Deidre. Oh, no. She's someone who plays Marlena, who gets possessed by the devil. But that is the topic for another podcast episode where they review television shows. And now, uh, my third queen who I'm with is Freddie Mercury from the band queen, Deborah Wilkerson. Hello, honey. It's nice to be here. I'm a big fan of the movie. Uh, the Queen, so I'm happy to finally get to talk about this movie. Okay, well, this it, we're not covering the movie, Debbie, the Queen. We're covering the television show, The Crown. But oh, actually, my. it was it was the same uh, 
It, w- it was inspired by that, though, from what I understand, right? Well, insofar as it was inspired by the same person, Queen Elizabeth, No, no, no. Sure. I mean, I think there's a relationship. I, I, I have a terrible memory, but there's some... Like it's the same something. Yeah. Oh, God. It See, was we- like the made-for-TV <laughs> version that I watched was the on Lifetime Movie Original. And then that's what we're covering, I thought. This series was in, <laughs> no, what, Debbie. has some relationship with the movie. It's the same universe, is what you're saying. Right. The same it's the universe. same universe because they literally <laughs> live in the same universe as us. This is not like the royal family is part of the Marvel universe. Yeah, listen, At any rate, I'm... I would, Wikipedia, I would Wikipedia this, but I'm not going to because we decided that we're not going to be uh, necessarily factual. So, What this is, what our podcast is, our brand new podcast, is it's called Pod Save the Queens. And we are three queens ourselves, just of a different sort of royalty. And we decided we were going to watch every episode of The Queen no, The Crown on Netflix. <laughs> and see, it's already starting. Deborah, Deborah messes me up. She put it in my head. It's subliminal mind control. And um, so we decided to do an, uh, an episode a week. And we're going to talk about the episode and give you our LGBTQ friendly. And really, I mean, when they say Where? LGBTQ friendly, they mean LGBTQ hateful. Right. Yeah. Take on the the, queen. Reagan, I just Googled the crown and it says it was, it was adapted for Morgan, who was the producer. No, the writer more. He developed it from his drama film, the queen in 2006. Wow. You're so intelligent. You're you're both so intelligent. I'm just so stupid. You know nothing. Wait, am I supposed to talk like the queen mother the whole time? Yes. Oh Oh, dear. We're going to start every episode with a, a, a an official an official write up of what the episode we're covering is about, and I I take these from Wikipedia, which, as you know, is always factual. Mm-hmm. And so, the title of season one, episode one, is <laughs> Wolferton Splash. Wolferton Splash. Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark renounces his titles and citizenship and takes the name Philip Montbatten Mm. before marrying Princess Elizabeth, elder daughter and heir presumptive of King George VI. I I mean, these are words, these are, this syntax is not normally something I would ever say. Oh, are you heir presumptive of Madge Weinstein, of the family Weinstein? I presume I am presumptive. Fantastic. (laughs) The newlyweds move to Malta, where Philip rejoins the British Royal Navy while Elizabeth gives birth to her son Charles and daughter Anne. Years later, the couple returns to England to be with George as he undergoes a lung operation. George later receives a terminal diagnosis and counsels Philip on how to assist Elizabeth when she becomes the new sovereign. Meanwhile, former conservative Prime Minister Winston Churchill and his wife Clementine... (laughs) 
Her name is Clement. She does not look like Clementine, but we'll get that there. That bitch in orange. She in orange. Ret- look at how orange you look. Okay. Uh, return to 10 Downing Street after the 1951 United Kingdom general election. And that is what happens in the first episode. And now we will discuss what? it in a segment we call Tea Time with the Queens. Ding, ding, ding. I'm imagining a, a tea, the sound of a tea. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, ding, that ding, ding. synopsis was not the show that I saw. I, can I do my synopsis? It'll take five seconds. Yes, Okay, here's do. my synopsis of that episode. <laughs> the end. And so the, and so the show begins with King... George the Six, who's who wasn't he the uh, the main character in the King's Speech? Yeah, he's played by Colin Firth. Yes, he is. And, yeah. he and incidentally, Colin Man. Firth won an Oscar for that role, yes. and and uh, what's her name won the Oscar for playing the Queen, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the episode starts off with uh, the King, which. I, I have trouble remembering the name King George the well, Sixth. I call him King Proactive because, honey, that face has got some pox marks. I mean, come on. What does proactive is do? Is that for pox marks? Yeah, proactive's an acne uh, medication oh, came out in late two thousand, and so I just say King Proactive. Okay. I also uh, marked down King Pockmark, but I'm not sure what you girls would call him. I call him King Dead after the first episode. Mr. Koth, maybe? No. You can call I him. call, I have two nicknames that I'm trying to decide between. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is Moulin Rouge because <laughs> yeah, <the laughs> he Rouge. keeps coughing into all of those handkerchiefs that have blood all over them. Well, and there was, they like, make the comment that they he was wearing Rouge, too. Yeah, Rouge, says. yeah. Oh, Churchill yeah, does. that would be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we may have a front runner. But then, and this one is not very disability friendly, but... Um, MC Stammer. Uh, no. Well, but he really didn't do. He, I didn't get a sense that he had a stutter, stutter at all in in this um, universe, right? Yeah, he wasn't. Well, he does. He, he does. He has well, that, a difficult time. But he already. But they didn't really it. play on it though, like they they did in the King. But that Spanish. was a different time period. That was the beginning when he was learning to master it, like like our president yeah. mastered his stutter. So I guess yeah, it's more evolved. Biden. Lots of mm-hmm. lots of parallels, right, right. between Definitely. what's happening now and what was happening then. So Biden having to overcome his stammer or his stutter mm-hmm. and his um, fall and recovery. I'm yes. fine with Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Okay, let's call I him like Moulin that. Rouge. I like yeah. that. Because he dies. Yeah, he dies just like the <gasps> Oh, and she died, yeah, mm-hmm. from the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the queen died? I thought she's still alive. <laughs> No, no, she's alive, but uh, Jennifer Nicole Hudson. Nicole Kidman. Oh, no, yeah, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson's not in Moulin Well, Rouge. the reboot, the oh, reboot. Oh, character. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were like, what? <laughs> Je- Nicole Kidman died? Okay, Debbie, oh, I have to alarm. share something with you. Dream Girls is not the reboot of Moulin Rouge. I hate to break that to you. I thought it was a retelling. Back to back to tea and crumpets and, and little oh, cucumber yeah, sandwiches. Okay. And oh no dear. Black, we we no are black getting people. off the topic. Well, no black people. The opening scene, okay. 
I'm sorry, but I wrote down in my notes. Yeah, what'd you Honey, write that cough looked like a Taco Bell blowout. If you look into that <laughs> toilet, at first I was like, did he poopy himself? And then was just so disgusted at the smell that he started to cough. Well, there was Slim. blood coming out of his whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know... That's what Trump would say about Moulin Rouge. He would be like, he's such a nasty man. He has blood coming out of of his whatever. I I like kings who don't cough up lungs. (laughs) (laughs) We see Philip in this weird scene where he's denouncing everything that he is, which is total foreshadowing, Mm -hmm. right? But this is something, I think it's a gender dynamic that is very interesting and one that we'll see in future episodes. Typically, a woman is the one who has to give up her name, to give up her hobbies, to give up her sense of identity. And Mm -hmm. what we have here in a time where women have just gotten the right to vote is that a man, a man has to do all of these things and and be there to support his wife. I noticed that too, but I didn't feel like they were really aware of what of that like i don't i don't feel like the show made made i don't think they presented that well I guess yeah they I'm put saying. it in the back burner like it wasn't as i, I don't know what do you think reagan because you study all this you teach genderism and all this sort of thing. well in uh, so i, I want to be honest mm-hmm. honesty is the best policy mm-hmm. I, i've already watched the first five episodes okay. and that's when i had the idea to contact debbie and okay. madge to say hey let's do this podcast but once i said that i stopped watching the series because i want every episode to be as fresh as possible whenever we discuss it well that's all you're gonna hear for right now if you want to hear more then guess what you're going to have to wait for Christmas Eve and subscribe to Pod Save the Queens podcast. And um, same thing on Instagram. If you can't find it, then Instagram us. Follow us on Instagram. Make us famous. Have a wonderful, wonderful whatever space of time exists between now and then. Girdle. Where's my purse?